You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, happy Freestyle Friday, everybody. I am Glenn DeGeek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, July 7th, episode 3220, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad acts. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back, Jamie. We hope you had a fantastic couple of days off. I did. You know, it's one of those things where you just decide with with my husband being the airline pilot, we have just access to check flights and see what's open. So we jumped a plane and headed down to Mexico for a couple of days. So it was really fun and it was hot and we spent a lot of time in a pool and on the beach and it was it was a great time, ate lots of food and uh, good time. Yeah. So I'm back. I'm ready. But I did do some animal stuff. I did get to go see like this cenote preserve where they have like all these great raccoons and bats and like local animals. It was really fun. So, of course, I had to do something animal. But other than that, it was just, you know, hanging out with family, chilling, not getting up early and feeding horses. Oh, well, there you go. That's a good. Sounds like a good time <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, on today's show, we have Fred Craig, author of Broken, The Suspicious Death of Aladar and the End of Horse Racing's Golden Age. Yeah, I think it's been, we've talked about Aladar here on the show before, but it's been a long time. And I know you know have, something about it. So I do. I'm a huge Aladar. Fan and I like his son, Easy Goer. I have a giant picture of Easy Goer here. I was a big fan. He's kind of what got me into horse racing and thoroughbreds in general. So I'm definitely excited to talk to him because I have questions. <laughs> Where did the term dog and pony show come from? I went down that rabbit hole. And plus, we have some really bad ads. And in the auditor post show, we're just going to talk about some random stuff. And I have a little bit of an announcement for the auditors as well. Hey, before we go on with the show on Wednesday's show, when you weren't here, I talked about Dr. Wendy and you might. Might not have heard this whole story. Um, so well, I saw the picture you posted on Facebook about a listener who was in the yeah. hospital, and I was like, why was she in the hospital? Well, it, it, what happened was we busted on Dr. Wendy for about 14 years for wearing flip-flops everywhere, including on her vet appointments with horses, in the barn, everywhere. We've busted her chops about it endlessly. Oh, my God. And she's never been hurt, knock on wood, until the other day. So she was wearing her flip-flops, and she did the dangerous thing of trying to step over the puppy gate in the house. Uh, her flip-flop got caught, uh, caught on the puppy gate. She fell down and broke her leg. So what? Yes, on the puppy gate in the house with her flip-flops on. So it wasn't an injury with horses, and all of that, all of these years, it was tripping over the puppy gate. Now, she, Wait, let me stop, because yes. she, as a veterinarian, would yes. wear flip-flops yes. working yes. on horses? yes. Wendy's kind oh. of, she's crazy that way. That's so, crazy. She wears flip-flops everywhere. I, I don't think I've ever seen her in shoes, to be honest. So um, so she trips over and breaks her leg. What we knew Wednesday morning was she she went and got x-rays. While we were on the show, she was getting x-rays and she kept texting updates. Uh, and she did break her leg. After the show, we found out she broke it so bad she needed surgery. And pins and screws and everything. Uh, so, so the next day, that next morning, she goes to the hospital, shows up at the surgical suite to get her operation on her leg. And who is there waiting for her but one of her auditors named JAMA? So apparently she works there and she said, I looked at the sheets of who was coming in that day and I saw that name and knew right away who it was. She said she came in and she said, I told you, Glenn has been telling you for years, flip-flops were going to be your demise. So apparently Wendy heard it on the way into, <laughs> on the way into surgery. But isn't that ironic that one of oh our auditors was there working her case when she came into the hospital? Yes, that's crazy. But I'm also still stuck. 
I'm like, why did I not know Wendy wears flip flops everywhere? Everywhere. That is insane. <laughs> everywhere. Like my feet hurt thinking about that. Oh, she does. She never. And uh, let me tell you, we have busted her chops for years, but here she is. She, she finally had her demise from wearing flip flops in the house over the puppy gate. So you know what? It sucks when you get older and you think I can just step over it. I and know. your body doesn't do what your <laughs> brain thinks it should do. And, and you're then like, it breaks Ugh. easier. Yeah. <laughs> so she's in, she, she said she was in a lot less pain last night after the surgery than she was the day before. So she's going to be off for a few weeks. If I need a fill in uh, co-host, she'll be available. No, so. she'll be on meds. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> All right. Let's do some daily winnies. So we have two auditor birthdays this weekend, Samantha DeGroot and Alicia McKilkin Russell. And happy birthday to both of you. But there's a big birthday also this weekend, or today, actually. Uh, Actually, this weekend. It's on Sunday. Podcasting turns 20. Podcasting, the first podcast started July 9th of 2003. So we've come a long way since that first podcast. I started in 2006 with my first one, and then the Horse Radio Network, we started in 2008, and then you and I started in 2010. So uh, That's so it's, insane, it's, by the way. It seems like it's been longer than 20 years the podcast's been around, but it has not. I uh, think it's just really fun that we don't have to tell people what podcasts are anymore. I know. <laughs> we spent a lot of years doing that. There are 4.1 million podcasts currently out there, and 42% of Americans now listen to a podcast every month. And we're hoping it's more than that. Listen to us every day. But yeah, so that's the scoop. That's where, that's where we're at uh, as far as podcasts are concerned. Man, if you don't give a daily Wendy to the person who watches your horse farm on July 4th, I don't know when you do it. I thought of that. Oh, what was I thinking? This poor girl, Ginger, thank you so much. It's like, it's a war zone out here on 4th of July. And then I've got this stupid freaking cat that's in the barn and it's taking up one entire stall. And I have seven stalls and seven horses and a cat. So then I make her catch the cat, put the cat in a crate and put the cat. By the in way, this the is a wild uh, a cat. Feral, this is a very feral cat. Very hateful animal. I mean, does not appreciate Anything we've done for her. Um, so catches a cat, never puts will. cat away. <laughs> no, never will. Hates me. Uh, probably if I open that door, I'd never see it again. Uh, catches the cat, puts the cat away, gets all the horses in, leaves them in on. I mean, just like the monumental effort that goes into th- And then I've got two dogs that think that fireworks, thunder, gunshot, anything like that is literally going to murder them. And so they will, if you open that door, those dogs are gone. So then they have to be like locked away and then we've got to take care of the guinea pigs. And then, by the way, I got parakeets now. Like it's just never ending between the ducks, the chickens, the parakeets, the guinea pigs, the horses, the dogs, the cat. <laughs> I don't I'm know like, how you, this, you're lucky that woman's there. <laughs> this poor woman. <laughs> Who else is going to take care of that zoo you got going? <laughs> nobody, nobody. That's why I've trapped her. She lives here. Uh, I've trapped her. <laughs> the, the gate's locked. She can't leave. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, thank you, Ginger. I appreciate it. By the way, that's what Jennifer wants to do. Uh, she's doing less and less with horse radio. She's really done with sitting at a desk. Um, after, after what, 12, 14 years, she's been sitting at a desk doing Horse Radio Network. So she's getting into pet sitting now, especially oh, farms because perfect. She, it's perfect for her. She knows her stuff. We have a sister-in-law who lives not too far from us who does pet sitting. They make good money. You work yeah. when you want. They make good money. You you pick your hours. You pick which clients you want. You don't do the others. And she's like, yeah, and a lot and a lot of it's cash. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty nice. good deal. So she's gonna she's gonna do that, I think. And uh, she she really wants to be out and about again. So oh, let's get a logo. Jennifer's pet sitting. <laughs> I love it. Give business cards. <laughs> we're gonna hear from Kentucky Performance Products, and then we're gonna go right to our first guest because I think that the, or our only guest for the day because I think. This is going to be a long one. Uh, something Jamie's really interested in. That uh, and if you're into murder mystery podcasts, 
this guest is for you. <laughs> so horses, murder, mystery, <laughs> death, destruction, money. It's yeah. all the things it's that are associated things. with the death of Aladar. <laughs> and we have Fred Cray coming up in a minute. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. I would like to welcome Fred Cray, author of Broken, The Suspicious Death of Aladar and the End of Horse Racing's Golden Age. Now, uh, Fred is coming at us from Gainesville, Florida, and this is probably one of... Gosh, the things that I th- I just randomly think about. I read the book Wild Ride, the Calumet story, and it is such an amazing history that happens. But what happens in the history of Calumet leads up to this complete like breakdown of the farm and I mainly because of one person. So I, I think that Fred is going to paint a picture for us and, and get us. I'm definitely getting this book. So, Fred, hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, what made you want to write this book? It's it's a crazy story. Uh, I moved to Gainesville. Uh, I, I had worked at the track when I was uh, in law school in Lincoln, Nebraska. And when I went down to Miami to become a lawyer, I watched Aladar run in the Flamingo Stakes and the Florida Derby. And at that time, I was really struggling as a lawyer. I just started... I didn't know if it was the job for me. I was, you know, it was a really tough time. Uh, you know, they threw me to the sharks. I mean, uh, they said, here's a file, go to trial. And that was it. Uh, and I, when I went to see him, his determination in the stretch run struck me, a chord with me that that's something I needed for my life was that determination to finish, to do, you know, to, to become a lawyer. And so I fell in love with him at that, and I, that's my explanation. Is that's why because I needed that in my life at that time. So, so I, you know, after so you you followed him and you loved him, and then you watched his legacy and his future happen, and that 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 at this point said, "I'm going to go and research this." Well, then what happened was I moved to Gainesville, and I said, "You know what? Now I'm I'm out of of, of working, and now I can go back to my horse racing, you know, stuff." So I went on a tour in Ocala. And I was there and on the tour to look for Dr. Fager's headstone. And uh, a lady said, well, you know, what horse do you like? And I, we talked about Aladar. She said, well, there's a lady who was at Aladar's uh, Calumet the, the night Aladar was injured. So I said, oh, this is great. I'm an interviewer. So I went over there and I interviewed her and she said, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, and I said, why not? She said, because I'm afraid for my family and my, fam- my children's lives. And I thought to myself at the time, this is like 35 years later. What could this possibly be? You know, I hadn't read all the other stuff yet. I mean, I'd heard heard rumors just like everybody else. But that really piqued my interest that somebody, you know, in 19, uh, 2019 could be that, into, you know, that concerned about it. So I, w- I read Wild Ride, uh, which really talks about, it was written in 94. It talks about the financial breakdown of Calumet and what happened there. But that, that book did not, address what happened after 1994, which is the FBI started investigating the bank and the loans to Calumet. And then there were two federal trials, one where they uh, arrested the groom for lying to the grand jury, and then one where they um, prosecuted J.T. Lundy and uh, Gary Matthews for fraud at Calumet, uh, both which resulted in convictions. As a former lawyer, I was able to go get all the transcripts for that. 
uh, and go through them as a lawyer would. Um, I also uh, interviewed like, I don't know, 27 people. Uh, I interviewed the uh, insurance adjusters who agreed it was an accident and decided to pay $41.5 million, you know, shortly after Aldar was injured. And that set the stage. Now, let, that let, me, let me stop. I just realized that some people might not know what happened to Aldar. And basically, he was in the stall and broke his leg. And he was insured right. and there was a lot of financial stuff. And so it was yeah. shenanigans for sure. And what struck me when I first took the case was I got the pictures from Tom Dixon, who was the insurance adjuster for uh, Lloyd's of London, which had a $36.5 million policy. When I interviewed him, I said, listen, if a horse is going to break their cannon bone, which withstands 7,000 pounds of power, I mean, that's what they, they, you know, they land on. Why is there not a mark on this stall door? That that always bothered me from the various time because he had pictures he took that night, and there were no fresh marks there. And he said, "I agree with you," but you know the doctors said that you know he got his leg caught. They all agreed on it. I'm not an expert. I'm going along with that. And so what that did was in the public mind, if 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 insurance is paying forty one and a half million dollars. You got to think. Well, they've investigated it, and it's a, it's a righteous accident. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you find out what they did, what the investigation consisted of, and between the two insurance companies, you do start to wonder. And then when you see the pictures, you start to wonder more. And then when you get into the uh, the the, the, um, the transcripts of the trial, so you know to illustrate one of the things that most people don't know is a week before Al Aladar died. Um, somebody came to the night watchman whose name was Cowboy Cap Kip and said to him, look, we want you to take the night off. They were in the Crown Vic that was owned by Cowboy He testified to this under oath, and he said, I don't want to take the night off. And they said, well, we're insisting. We think you're burned out. And his, his, his understanding was, well, I better take the night off. I don't want to make waves. So he took the night off, and a substitute night watchman named Alton Stone took his place, and that was the night that Aladar got hurt. This sounds so mafia. <laughs> well, you know, Wild Ride did talk about mafia, but my investigation shows that the mafia really was not involved. I mean, there's it's clear that Lundy had mafia connections in Ocala, and when the uh, when the uh, he was being searched for, you know, to give testimony and stuff, he hid down there. And it's very hard. I learned by experience to get behind a a horse farm's gate. You can't get it. You got to have the code and you just can't get in. So, um, yeah, the other so interesting Lundy was the basically of Calumet, the grand, grand married the granddaughter of, yes, of that's right. Mr. Calumet. And, and so and planned he it. was and planned it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And he, like took over the farm and just and the heirs and gave was, him a 10 year contract to do whatever he wanted. And the, yeah. car, the the farm went from being in the black to when they declared bankruptcy owing the hundred and twenty million. Yeah, and, and imagine basically, and they, they were breeding Aladar to quarter horses. Just, yes. Anybody who would pay for a breed, yep. they were breeding. I mean, yep. it was just like yep. complete criminal criminalization of yeah. the farm and, and, I, and the whole thing, and just watching it go down the tubes. The interesting thing, though, and I'm not going to give away the ending of the book, but you know, everybody thinks. You know, the J.T. Lundy did it or but, you know, when you start to follow the money, that's when you find out who really benefited from from this this injury of Aladar. Um, you know, Aladar carried the at Calumet for 10 years. You know, his stud fee was up to two hundred thousand uh, dollars. And you're right. They just bred him a hundred times a year. Um, the problem was that they were breeding. They were taking the money from his breeding rights in advance. So let's say it's it's 1989. Somebody pays you know three million to breed a horse to Aladar every year, and you do that for several years. You're taking that money in at that time, but then when he breeds that year, you're not getting any of that money. And so they, when John Ward took over after Aladar, after J.T. Lundy quit, he found that the only thing that was paid was the water and electric. They had to get a loan to make payroll. They had to get a loan. They even had to get loans to insure the horses. It's funny because that's what brings down Ponzi schemes, right? That's a Ponzi yeah, scheme right yeah. there is you get yeah. your money up front, but eventually the money stops coming in and you, you can't, you can't fulfill the end. 
there's another another thing that many people don't know uh, because they all hear about you know Lloyd's of London's investigate. There's a guy named Terry McVeigh who uh, went out to investigate the 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 scene of the crime, so to speak, and he got a call and he went out on the day after Aldar was injured, and they wouldn't let him on the farm, and so he had to go back and tell his boss, "Hey, they won't let me on the farm." His boss called Calumet Insurance and Calumet said, "Listen, if you don't let us on, we're not paying." So he gets on the farm at two o'clock that next day. And when he gets to the barn where Aladar was, all the evidence is, is gone. The broken bolts have been thrown out. The, the, the bracket that was broken off has been reinstalled. Uh, Terry says the, the stalls repainted. It's been mucked. All the uh, straw is completely flat. And he says, why would you do this? Why would you, with Aladar just getting out of surgery and no horse ever going in there, why would why would a, a farm do that? And so there's all these little circumstantial instances that you say, okay, now they can't prove anything with the, with, with the scene change. And uh, then you add in all of the uh, the financial stuff, and it's a very strong, strong indication that this was not an accident. Yeah, well, uh, so now that you've written the book and you've gone through the whole thing and you're promoting it, something has happened because clearly you wouldn't be here talking about nothing. So am I going to learn some new stuff <laughs> when I read this book? Yes, because listen, Wild Ride was written in 1994. I interviewed the – I went through all the court transcripts and got all the, all the court transcripts that uh, were for the trial of the, of the groom. I talked to – the adjusters who, who adjusted the claim. Uh, if you want a taste of the book, you can read some of it free on Amazon. And I also have a podcast where you'll be able to hear, let's say, Terry McVeigh describe what I just did, which is he got there and he thought, how could this, how could this have happened? This stall is completely, is completely fine. So I did my own investigation. Uh, I talked to um, all of Aldar's grooms. I talked to, John Veach before he died. I talked to Charlie Rose, Aldar's exercise rider. I talked to Paul Pryor, who was his groom, uh, you know, from like 1980 to 1989. I talked to the groom that was there that night, uh, you know, that was there the night of and how he came there the next day. I helped, I talked to the guy who repaired the bolts and fixed the stall. So you're going to le learn a lot of new things and you're going to be surprised at the final conclusion. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine Glenn, you've been sitting on this for 25, 35 years and all of a sudden the trial lawyer comes up and he's like, let's reopen. Um, that had to be awesome. I am so excited. To well, wait a minute. What's I got to know the podcast. I got to know oh. something first. Did you okay. get any threats through this whole process? Oh, good well, what I've, I'll tell you what I had, I haven't gotten any threats, uh, but what I have got is a complete deaf ear from any racing place i mean you know this is a story that you know frank is a blood horse you know I, I wrote to them and said hey you know I, i'm publishing this book you know would you put out my print no can i advertise no um the national museum you know racing hall of fame can i do a book signing no and i don't blame them this has not been a great time for horse racing and nobody that's affiliated with the sport wants another story uh, on top of the stories that have already happened. So I don't blame them. I just, but you know, um, I didn't do this for myself. I'm not making any money from this. I did this because Aladar, Aladar, I wanted to change his legacy from, Oh, that's that horse that came in second to a firm in triple crown to, to a horse that did everything he was supposed to. Um, unluckily, unluckily lost the Belmont. If you read the Belmont, I talked to Steve Cawthon about the Belmont and how luckily he beat Aladar in that race. Uh, I'm not going to tell anything more about that, about the fact that, but you know, you, in but the, what, what I've always thought um, is that the reason affirmed was so good was because of Aladar, you know, he pushed, absolutely him, he pushed him and pushed absolutely. him. That's absolutely what Steve Cawthon said. He said, Aladar, uh, pushed was the only horse that pushed the firm to his greatest lengths because when he got in front, uh, he would sometimes just slow down, you know. And the one time that Aladar beat him was in the Champagne Stakes, and what happened in there was Darby Creek Road was right on Al the firm's right hip, and Aladar came from the outside. He didn't see him, 
And Laz Barrera was so mad about that <laughs> that he told Coughlin, look, in any ratio with Aladar, don't, I don't care where anybody else's horse is, watch out for Aladar. And the, the interesting thing that not many people know is that Aladar ran on his left lead in all the, tra- the triple crown races. And Steve Coughlin told me, I've never seen a horse run, not t- switch leads and run at the, at the level of a triple crown race like Aladar did. And the, he and, never and his switched? race. No. And so, you know, all the Aldar fans are saying, man, if he switched leads, man, we'd be having a different conversation because he only he only lost by a nose in the in the Belmont. But the interesting thing is in the Whitney, he did change leads. OK, for the first time. And the next race was the Travers. Now, all of his racing career is in my book and on my website, fredmcray.com. All of his races, all of his trophies, pictures. It is a tribute to Aldar. If you love Aladar, go to my website. And the podcast is also, we've got three three episodes out. It's broken the podcast. You can get it anywhere. You can get it on my website. But what's interesting in the Travers was he switched leads and they said, this will be the race we beat Affirmed. And guess what happened? Affirmed had a new jockey, Lafitte Pinkai, and he fouled Aladar as he was passing him on the rail. And so they never got to finish that that rivalry in a way that you know that the 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 Aladar camp wanted to he won but by disqualification so uh and then there was then there was a there was a big uh controversy about the fact that Angel Cordero when he was riding um I, I can't remember if it was a shake shake shaker or nasty and bold but he pushed affirmed out to the middle of the track which allowed the rail to open and Blas Barrera claimed that uh, Angel Cordero did that because he didn't get the mount on affirmed for that meet for that race. And everybody I talked to said that was true, including Steve Coughlin. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so let me wow. ask you, you in the title of the book, you say, uh, the end of horse racing's golden age. Why? Yeah. Okay. The book, the, the title is not meant to say that, um, that the triple crown that Aladar or the fact that Aldar was injured was the end of horse racing's golden age. It more refers to the seventies. You know, everybody I've talked to uh, has said the seventies you've had, you had uh, three triple crown winners in that decade, secretariat uh, affirmed. And uh, what's the third one? It's getting to my mind. It's old I can't age. remember right Sunday now either. Silence. <laughs> yeah. It could be Sunday silence. Um, Sunday Silence Easy Goer, also a son of Aladar. Yeah. Yes. And I love that Aladar's sons, Easy Goer and Ali Sheba, together won the Triple Crown that he never could win. So his mm-hmm. sons redeemed him. Um, but I said that because I felt like the 70s was the golden age of horse racing. It was when uh, farms owned the horses, trainers were h- hired by the farm. Uh, and bred and him and then raised him and raised exactly. him. Now people are right. free to and, sell. So it is different. Right, right. It was so different. The horse, it was a more personal environment. Uh, you know, Mrs. Markey loved Aladar. Um, you know, she went to visit him. Um, and it was a different time. And the other thing that I've learned on my social media, all the vets are telling me that that performance-enhancing drugs came in in the 80s. Was starting with Lasix, and that's why the seventies are the golden age mm. horse racing. It makes so, sense too. So, yeah. So uh, that's what the the title is is meant to say is that at the end, uh, you know, uh, of of the seventies, that's when the m- model for horse racing changed to having super trainers. You know, having I mean, even when Calumet was taken over by uh, by Lundy, they you know he started sending horses out to J. Uh, uh, D. Wayne Lucas. And, you know, it was a whole different model. There was syndication where you could own, you know, a part of the horse, you know, and, you know, it, that's not how it was back in the seventies. And so I um, may have some clue as why the blood horse and the racing museums won't have you. It's literally that sentence, the end of horse racing's <laughs> golden age. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, I just think it's about, I, I talked to the guy from the national museum personally, and he said, look, I like your book. I think it's really well written, um, but we just can't afford to have another negative story well, out that's there. True we just right had now. the Derby yeah. with the Derby and the Preakness having all these deaths that that at this point have not been explained to me. I sh- I just uh, noticed today. Speaking of which, I have it in the news section for today. Bob Baffert. Oh, they Baffert. extended God. his they extended his yeah. suspension for yeah. another year in, at Churchill yeah. Downs. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, you know, it's a very controversial thing on my on my social media. I'm seeing people saying, "Wow, I don't know if I can support horse racing anymore with all this." Oh, we see that every. Um, are, there are listeners that are not listening to this interview because of because we're talking about horse racing, right? And and and, and that's true. But you know, um, this book this book that I'm writing that I've written uh, is not a story about uh, about horse racing. It's a universal story about greed, about money, about corruption. And justice—it is. It's a murder podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, and it's written in a way that is not. I specifically stayed away from, you know, talking about the odds, betting, uh, handicapping, you know, all that stuff. You can read this book if you've never, if you know nothing about horse racing, you know nothing about court, you know nothing about anything. You can pick up this book and say, "I understand what's in, you know, what's going on and what the points are." So. I'm not. This is not a, a book that is uh, a story about you know the pros and cons of horse racing, uh, and um, it's just a sto- it's a well written true crime mystery. It's a you know you won't know the end until you get to the end. All right. Well, wait, let's leave it at that and let everybody go find it. Is it it's, so? It's available on Amazon and all the usual places, all the bookstores. Yes, all and you that. can also go to the bookstore. They don't carry it, but they'll order it for you. Okay. And is um, it available on Audible yet? No. You okay. know, a guy is is has been narrating it uh, for the last month, um, and I, I my wife keeps telling me when's the audio book coming out. That's what I'm listening to. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to talk to the guy, but there's been some, some technical issues. I expect it to be out within a month. Oh, I can't wait that long. I'll just oh, buy we, the book. We <laughs> got a guy. If you need somebody, we got a guy who does audio books and yeah. produces them and reads them and all that. So you just let us know if we need some help. Well, if I had known it was going to take this long, I would have done it myself. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've done the podcast. You have a great voice and, for it. You would have been great. Yeah. And, and people have said, Hey, I like your voice. I could have done it, but you know, Doing all the other stuff and that is it's tough, it's harder you know? than it sounds actually. Um, well, promoting the book is a lot harder than writing it. <laughs> well, Fred, we're glad you dropped by today. We really appreciate it. The book's called Broken: The Suspicious Death of Aladar and the End of Horse Racing's oh, Golden Age. I can't wait Age. to read it. I'm, I'm buying. It I can't wait to. I also, while we were talking, I went on my phone and uh, I subscribed to the podcast. So I'll be starting that today. Uh, That's really cool. The podcast. Well, uh, you'll get to hear the actual people because I recorded all these. Oh, I can't wait. All these I interviews. I got goosebumps. Thanks, Fred. All appreciate right. you coming. Thanks on. a lot. Thank right. you. Bye bye. Whether you're training or riding the local trails, there's a Wintech saddle for almost every horse and rider combination. The Wintech 2000 All-Purpose is for the riders who want to do a bit of everything. From training to fun beach days with your friends, you'll experience total luxury in this top-of-the-range Wintech saddle. Your horse will adore the super soft panels which mold in and around their muscles for complete comfort. Sinking deep in the seat, your leg is going to find its natural groove and your contact and communication will become effortless so you can focus on having fun. Explore the entire Wintech saddle range at wintech-saddles.com. So Jennifer is out riding right now, and the one reason she loves her Wintech saddle is it's been averaging 95. We've been over 100 a couple days this week with a thousand percent humidity, and she can leave her saddle <laughs> at the barn and it doesn't mold. It, it doesn't mold. Oh, oh man, if you left it, you leave. I had we left a leather halter out there, and within two days it was covered in mold. It you just oh, can't I have a leave it out. Humidifier. I have a dehumidifier in my tack room, and I dump it, like, every day, the water out. That's yeah, crazy. That's why we love those Wintech saddles. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. So I, I saw the term in a news article, dog and pony show, and it made me think, we've all heard that term a hundred times, but it made me think, where did it come from? So I went I've down heard there. that a lot about my life, actually. Yeah, exactly. So please, <laughs> tell me what it means. <laughs> so we're going back to 1895, and there was a troop of uh, troubadours called Gentry's Equine and Canine Paradox. They traveled the country, and basically what they were is a dog and pony show. They had 50 wonderful, educated dogs and ponies. They traveled. They kind of had their own little circus, right? Uh, and they did shows in little towns all across the country. And by the time, so a 20-year-old, 7-year-old Professor Henry Gentry reached Butte in, uh, this article was out of Butte, uh, reached Butte in 1895. He and his brothers had more than 100 dogs and ponies for this 
show. And he, apparently it was a whole family operation, as things were back then. They would parade through the streets, and then they would do a week of performances every night, and then they would do matinees and things. So it was kind of like a circus with dogs and ponies. Uh, they would set up a tent. They could seat 2,500 people. They sold out every show in the towns they went to for 15 cents for children and 25 cents for adults. The most popular attraction was Barney the Dog, who, who could do apparently a dozen back somersaults in succession. So that was the the real popular one was Barney, and everybody came out to see Barney do somersaults. Uh, and apparently, most of the equines performed precision maneuvers, except for Eureka the Tough. That was the, that was this pony's name. They called they called this pony Eureka the Tough, the clown pony, which thoroughly amused everybody with his contrary behavior. Apparently, from what I read, they could not get this pony to do anything, so they just let it be a bad <laughs> pony. And apparently, that was more amusing to the crowds than this pony doing tricks, because the pony wouldn't do anything. It was just grumpy. So they called it oh Eureka gosh, the I Tough. Googled dog and pony show, and a flyer came up. There's a flyer that you can see on Google about this Professor Professor Gentry's famous dog yep. and pony show. And there's a picture <laughs> of an elephant on it. I don't know why. Um, but the world's best trained animal exhibition, everything new this year, aristocratic animal actors, see Pinto and Nero, the smallest performing elephants in captivity. Watch for, you know what? Apparently dogs this and ponies all, didn't cut it. They had to get elephants. At some point. They had to get, they <laughs> ended up getting elephants. But then I was like, what is dog and pony show? Like the meaning of it. And it's an elaborate display or presentation presentation, especially as part of a promotional campaign, which makes me realize why it's always associated with politics. With, and, and, <laughs> it's true. And that's where you read it. That's the article I read it in was political. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So that's where the term came from. You can thank uh, Professor Henry Gentry and his family uh, for traveling the country with his hundred dogs and ponies. Can you imagine traveling in those days in wagons pulled by horses with a hundred dogs? You know, it makes me realize the platform of American Go America's Got Talent is like <laughs> so wide open for everybody because you. This is like America's Got Talent type of. It is. You know, show that they walk on. They're like, mm, I don't really feel like this is the biggest show. Sorry. <laughs> bye bye. Can I, can I, before we get to uh, really bad ads, can I talk to you about, we, we talk about farms for sale here, usually when they're unique or they're just overly expensive or anything. I got a unique one. Can I mention it? Yeah. So I this guess. is in Port near Portland. It's a half an hour drive out of Portland metropolitan area. And this is a it's a farm, but they have some unique things. 72 acres, barns, the horse stalls, all that stuff. Um, but they also have a 6200 square foot blimp hanger from World War II. It was a World War II blimp hanger that they have on this farm. So right now they don't they don't have a blimp in there. They actually have a cocktail bar and a whole bunch of cars and and uh, antique things. But uh, you can have your own blimp hanger. That imagine an indoor with a blimp hanger. That's got to be big enough for an indoor, doesn't it? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this property also has a private creek-fed lake, two zip lines, an outdoor kitchen with an Italian-style pizza oven, patios and paths leading to the pool and pool house, multiple fire pits, and a bocce ball arena. There's something you don't see at farms too often. Uh, and it has uh, two-level houses, only 3,100 square feet, so that's actually not not terribly Interesting, except that you're going to like this part. When you descend the steps into the temperature-controlled wine cellar that can store more than 600 bottles. Okay. Yeah, so there you have a blimp hanger and a wine cellar all at one time. I had to tell you, I try to like collect wine. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I want to have like a collection of a bunch of bottles. But the problem is, I'll buy like three or four, and then I'll be like, I need to buy three or four more. But then I drink the three or four that were there, and then I'm like out of wine again. <laughs> Funny how <laughs> that works. Collecting thing doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> funny how that works all right let's uh head into really bad ads right after we hear from horse and rider horse and rider on demand allows you to train smarter not harder our training video collection featuring some of the industry's top western professionals like bud lion cody crow ryan rushing and more can help you perfect your horsemanship and improve your performance in the arena 
Get access to hundreds of videos and learn more about events like ranch horse versatility, reining, working cow horse, ranch riding, and more for just $14.99 a month. Watch anywhere, anytime. Horse and Rider On Demand can be streamed from any smart device. Visit ondemand.horseandrider.com to start your seven-day free trial. That's ondemand.horseandrider.com. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right, it is time for Really Bad Ads, that time of the week when listeners submit ads from Craigslist or Facebook or someplace like that, and we just have a little bit of fun with them. I'm happy to announce we have our prizes. So we have the next batch of prizes provided by Horselovers.com, home to 120,000 different horse items for you, for your horse, for your barn, anything to do with what you do in your hobby and sport, English and Western. And we have two new prize packages for you, and for everybody that submits an entry for really bad ads you get one well, you get one entry if you record it yourself and send it in to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com you get two entries and if you record it and send it in in an accent other than your own you get three entries and the first one up is perry's leather with their twisted leather halter and matching lead perry's is amish made i remember the first time they showed up at an event uh, we lived in pennsylvania at the time we met the people that do perry's and that that is top quality stuff. This is a uh, top quality leather double buckle crown, adjustable chin, solid brass fittings, and a snap at the throat. Uh, this is they make really nice stuff, and you get uh, that package for it's worth two hundred and eighteen dollars. Wow! The second one is Tabella Western Prize Pack, valued at check this out 340 bucks tabello brow band head style with raw head style with rawhide trim it's a leather brow band head style with basket tooling stainless steel buckles rawhide button trim and quick change bit ends and also split rein with the quick change bit ends and the breast collar with rawhide trim and then a contoured pad a one inch felt bottom leather wear uh, on the side contoured top line reinforced withers a new zealand wool blanket top it's fancy all this stuff is fancy it's very fancy if you ride western you're going to want to win that one so we have over five hundred dollars in prizes going on right now at really bad ads all right let's get started with really bad ads and we're starting with hannah who sent this one in from the eastern idaho horses facebook group cowboy special if you want to live out your cowboy slash cowgirl dreams but just can't afford the rodeo fees I have the horse for you. Ombre and his, you see where this one's going? Oh, boy. <laughs> Ombre is an 11-year-old AQHA gelding. He stands about 15 hands and has a great build. This horse doesn't have a mean bone in his body, loves to cuddle, will follow you around the pasture, and puts up with all sorts. He's been rode by kids, cowboys, and even his owner. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Apparently, that's an unusual event, the owner writing. Now he doesn't throw a fit all the time, but when he does, you won't see it coming. Now, don't get me wrong. This horse is broke to ride. He does great under saddle. He just throws fits when you first get on. See previous bullet point. This horse can buck and can bolt, but he can also walk, jog, and lope like a champion pleasure horse. Do not come look at this horse unless you want to ride some bucks, some bolts, and some lightning-fast moves that I can't even put a name to. Or not. Depends on the day. Oh, my God. I would not consider that horse good and broke. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walks, trots, and lopes when he's not trying to kill you. You'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, when the ads start Andy. out as positive as this one does, you know that there's a butt coming at some point. You just know <laughs> the butt's there. If somebody says the words, I have the horse for you. you. It's like when I went to get the cat and I'm like, I want something really feral. They're like, we have the cat Cat for for you. you. And I was like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Uh, Nate and Katie sent this one in $1,500. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look at this picture. It's the cutest thing that's never had its feet trimmed. Okay. $1,500. 
that's really expensive. Oh, God. I have a pony for sale. He is three years old. You can use him for breeding. Come look at him. No, you can't. <laughs> Y'all, that, what are you doing? Can I describe Don't the scene that, that this uh, pony that looks like he's going to kill you is standing in? It's a crime scene. <laughs> it is. What it is. Go ahead. There is stuff everywhere. There's halters. There's baler twine in the ground. There's buckets knocked over. It looks like this pony went through and destroyed the stall. If you notice on the there's left, it looks like wood. Yeah, it looks like the wood's eaten. <laughs> This pony looks evil. He's 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 <laughs> his goal is to murder somebody. And his yeah, feet, you're sure. right, never been trimmed. His feet, poor feet. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm in no soul. I need to have him. Fifteen hundred bucks, man! You crazy? Give this you one crazy. away. All right, Clark sent this one in. Three horse gooseneck horse trailer, six hundred dollars. Condition used slash fair. Three-horse slant-load horse trailer. Has a weekender in the front. Issues are shown. Can be fixed or still can be used as is. I would probably differ with that last sentence. I yeah, don't I... Do you see mm. the second picture? So this is a three-horse gooseneck trailer, and it's one of the old kind that are made of steel and weigh about 8 million pounds. Basically, if you hook this up to your truck, the back end of your truck's going to fall off. Um, so it's covered in rust. That whole thing. But there's a picture of the ceiling in the course part. And it is so rusted that the, it's, the seams have completely given away and there's holes running all across the ceiling. And jagged. It's very jagged. Yeah. You're... And there appears to be some sort of feces dripping yeah, off the I trailer. Didn't, I didn't want to <laughs> guess what that was, actually. I didn't want to know. <laughs> I mean, this thing, it looks like somebody took a chainsaw and they're like, let's see if we can just chainsaw through. And they're like, yep, we could walk away. And apparently they (laughs) use the underside of the front of the trailer for storage because you're going to have to move a lot of crap to get this trailer out. There's a lot of stuff stored there. Yeah. I mean, Glenn, it's only some PVC mm. pipes and some buckets looking like an old kitchen sink. Maybe, you know, some tarps and some <laughs> lawn chairs and all that just propped right under protecting oh, it from the rain. Oh, can you imagine what the living quarters smells like in this thing? Oh, my God. Oh. And then if you look beside it, you can see the, the that there is a houseboat. And it looks to be in about the same shape. Oh, as that's that. a pontoon, Glenn. Yeah, that's, a- that's a pontoon. That thing's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> God. It looks like this is in Florida too. The it palm does, trees hanging down. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's gonna smell is. really bad. Oh, thanks, Clark. Okay, next one comes from Navita, and oh God, seven-year registered QH quilting. I gave this one to you. Q U I L D I N G G I N G. Too good home. Exclamation point, exclamation point. B, the number four, end of month. Lots of exclamation points. Perfect horse. Any, the number one can ride. Lots of exclamation points. You know what? You you could have taken out some exclamation points and actually finished spelling the words, but that's just me. Uh, oh, $100. Wow, a registered, registered QH quilting for $100. Here's the ad. That was that was literally just the title. <laughs> <laughs> no time for this guy. L- again, just just let's just all assume that at the end of every sentence there's a massive amount of exclamation points. <laughs> no time for this guy. Great horse needs experienced rider. Experience is not spelled right. Absolutely no kids. <laughs> Has an old, oh God, what? Has an old leg injury that only affects his riding backwards. What? Can ride the four seasons. Never had a prob W slash any. Trucks and trailers softly (laughs) is a speak owl kind of horse. Is a pure bred B-R-E-A-D, and I think I have pepper, pepper, purpers. <laughs> if you prefer to try first, email me, and we can work out a time, the number four, the letter U, to come by. 
spring trailer and take iCash. 50s or 20s or 10s, no ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) They don't spend well, apparently. (laughs) I don't take no $1 bills, okay? It's 50s or 20s or 10s, that's it. (laughs) Oh, I had to look this one up. Tillamook, where this ad is, is in Oregon. Uh, and I looked up why is Tillamook famous, and apparently it's for its generations of dairy farmers and cheesemakers. Have brought. I love Tillamook cheese. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, interesting ads. All right. Apparently not oh famous God. for their schools. <laughs> what? <laughs> the education system has failed Tillamook. Uh, this next trailer is. I don't. I don't know what I'm looking at. Go ahead. You um, go. Your turn. Matt sent this one in. Second trailer of the week. Handmade one horse trailer. 1950 to 1960 time frame. Oh, that's an old handmade trailer. No title. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, good structure, but need a lot of work to be usable. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because it's not <laughs> even a, a thing. <laughs> Roof tin is good. Front tin needs replaced. All tires are bad. Needs hauled away. Could be made into a mobile hunting blind. With work. No, no, no. It's junk. Could be made into scrap metal. They want $450 for this piece of crap. That you can't even haul away because it has no working wheels. And you can't see the front of it. They've just sent you a picture of the back, which, by the way, (laughs) it looks like there's a couple pieces of, like, sheet metal that are not attached that are the bottom. There's a half a tire in there, and there's literally no walls. There's no walls. It's just the bottom and then the top, and they're connected by ribs. I missed the title. It was One Horse Trailer Mobile Bar or Other Vending. No, it's not going to be a mobile bar. No. No. It's going to be nothing but scrap metal. That's nothing. That's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ginger sent this one in. Oklahoma Horses Facebook page. Oh, I know who this Ginger is. All right. Oklahoma Horses. No punctuation. Thanks, Ginger. Six-year-old mare green broke never offered to buck does ride don't rain good needs work about 15.5 hands full water horse mare easy keeper stands tied picks up feet never offered to kick little spooky not bad It's always that last sentence that gets you. <laughs> not bad. I mean, she's not gonna. Nobody's like, dead. <laughs> Nobody's died. It's fine. <laughs> Heather sent this one in. Andalusian Frisian horse, ten thousand dollars. Wow. Oh wow. Cool. I have a beautiful fancy. young strong colt for sale for ten thousand dollars <laughs> in Andalusian Frisian. I'm expecting like something majestic, something trained, no, you get a something cult. awesome. No. Okay, tell me about it. I have a beautiful young strong colt for sale. Three year old colt for sale. Young and strong, he is a crossbreed. He is half Andalusian from his mother and half Frisian from his father's side. He ha- oh, this is in caps. He has never been ridden, has never been saddled, no commands, has never been broken in. He is ready to be broken in. He is re- <laughs> he is register. I am asking ten thousand for this beautiful colt. You can call me or text me at show contact info. Thanks. No trades whatsoever, so will not reply. Wow. Doesn't Again. really say how old he is. Doesn't. <laughs> Wait, hey, it said he's a three-year-old colt. Oh, it says three-year-old colt. Oh, yeah, that's right. I missed that part. Yeah, I mean, no height, no color, no mm. photos, no nothing. Just, you know, give me and a call. And Frisian. He really could be any color, couldn't it? Uh, he sure could. <laughs> <laughs> sure could. Um, Megan sent this next one in. Are you... <laughs> this is a great way to start an ad. Let me just tell you that. Are you losing the will to live? After shopping for ponies that cost more than the SUV you're driving to see the ponies? Are you shopping for a rider who shares some DNA with those who might participate in extreme sports sponsored by companies like Red Bull? I've got the pony for you. Oh, we've heard that already today. Do I have the cat for you? I've got the pony for you. Semicolon danger pony. She goes by buttons on the days she makes good choices. 
Danger Pony is 14, one, eight years old and has the personality of every cringy horse movie horse that just needs that one special person to become their best friend and save the farm. <laughs> <laughs> However, Danger Pony is not a movie pony. She's the real deal. She is dedicated to her craft. <laughs> Danger pony bucks and rears, but in like a fat pony sort of way, <laughs> Buttons never refuses offense. She doesn't bat an eye when the mini Highland cow sunbathes at the base of our roll top. Yep, canters down to the base as if buttercup or just another flower box. <laughs> because of this, Buttons need never step foot in a warm-up ring. That nearly offsets the rear buck slash part of the danger slash buttons pony equation. <laughs> this horse is insanely talented, but also reasonably quirky. So she does need her right person. Yeah, you said that in the whole <laughs> thing you've been saying. Uh, her right person will happily embrace her quirks, not to erase them. <laughs> Maybe we want some of the quirks gone eventually. Maybe a little bit of letting them take out the murdering tendencies yeah. and she'll be fine. God, we do get a theme. And Jennifer, I asked her, I said, do you plan these ads so that they all have a theme on every Friday? And she said, nope, they just come out that way. And we do, do end up with I a theme have the horse for, for you, you or the pony for you. God, the names this time, Danger Pony. <laughs> Buttons. Buttons. If she's being good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for ads. Thank you, everybody. Send ads in today. We really appreciate it. You're all entered into the drawing as long as, as well as the people who sent in ads the last couple of weeks before we had prizes. So if you want to get your ads in, to send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com and uh, she will take your ads and give them to us so we can read them on Fridays. Uh, if you want to reach Jamie, you go where? Uh, you can find me at Flyover Farm on Facebook. It's Flyover Farm Jamie Jennings, certified Monty Roberts instructor. And uh, that's where I post all the things about all the horses. And no updates right now because I was on vacation last week and I have to go teach a clinic in Colorado in a couple weeks. So no horses in training right now. You just get to look at probably pictures of Homer, my basset hound, because he's the cutest. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a terrific weekend. Be safe. And we'll talk to you all on Monday. Auditors, hang on. That pony. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. So we have kind of an announcement, uh, or at least something we want to tell you guys, because I think it's going to bring some adventure over the next couple of years. I can't wait. <laughs> so we're announcing it here, uh, just in the Auditor Room, until till closing time. So we, uh, we got this... Uh, harebrained idea to buy some land. Uh, and uh, we started looking around. And of course, land in Ocala is anything that could be a farm is outrageously expensive. So we looked outside a little town a little ways near the Gothi Forest. Remember where we saw the Black Panther? Where mm -hmm. we were trail riding? Out there, because there's like five, 50 miles of trails. And out there is where all the carriage drivers go and the endurance riders go because they can ride in the forest. And the carriage paths are wide and all of that stuff. So we were out there looking at, a, and there's an equestrian community out near Black Prong, which is the big carriage driving place out there. And it's in a community of like five acre farms and it's, it's hard packed sand roads and there's probably 50 to 100 farms in there. Um, so, I mean, you could just ride and drive around the sand roads there forever. And it has direct access into the Gothi Forest. So you drive out of the neighborhood. There's a right away, right under the trails. And as you know, Jennifer, So let me get this straight. You're like, hey, there was a Black Panther that could have killed me. And um, you know what? I'm going to buy property over there. Yeah, because you know what? Now we can be our neighbor. So... So, yeah, we put in an offer on – Brooke is our friend who does the horse halters, who's been on this show before, the, the horse holsters. And she bought a, a lot 
right near there, right the next street over. And then she said, come on over here. There's lots for sale. So we went over and we looked at one. We made an offer. They accepted it. We signed the papers yesterday to buy five acres of heavily, densely wooded Florida property. Let me tell you, we we tried to walk it and my legs are still cut up from walking it. This is so densely, uh, you could, we could barely even tell the contour of the land. So we're not quite sure what's going to be there when we get it cleared. We know that what the neighbor's property looked like because on one side it's cleared and the other side it's still woods and it hasn't been sold. So we know on one side what the land looks like. We don't quite know what ours looks like because there's so many trees. Uh, the nice part is there's some very tall, very good looking pine trees. There's some live oaks and stuff like that that we'll keep. Um, but yeah, so until we get it cleared, we have no idea what we bought. We just have some expensive trees at this point. So I will keep you informed. The goal is over the next couple of years to, uh, build a barn, build a house. Eventually, uh, there's no internet out there. So it'll have to be after the show is done in a couple of years or, or internet Starlink gets better, um, and that we can actually move out there. But in the meantime, we have a living quarters horse trailer. We'll have a couple of acres, uh, five acres to play on, and it'll give us something to do on the weekends. We'll take the horses out there with us and have our own little campground. You need more work. You're just going to go out there with like machetes and like start hammering no, uh, it down. Or? No, his name is Zach, and he is the one who cleared this very southern boy who clears all the land out there. And uh, Zach is going to come in as soon as we're closed, and he's going to clear out the five acres so that we can oh, actually— Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're getting right to it. Yeah, we're going to clear it out to see what we bought, and then if we have to sell it right away because it's a piece <laughs> of crap, we can do that. We figured this. If land—it's an investment. Land in this area, if it's in a horse community, is not going down in value. You, I agree. With Brooke, you bought hers, uh, Brooke bought hers six, eight months ago. She had it cleared. Still a lot of trees left, but it's cleared you you to go build a house and a barn to look pretty. And then she had it perimeter fenced. And right now, even over what she paid for those, she had it appraised the other day for $30,000, more than what she paid and put into it already. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not going down. So we thought it would be a good investment. It'll be a fun project. If we end up selling it, eventually we'd sell it. But in the meantime, we can have a little fun with it and have like our own private campsite. So That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. And yeah, it'll be good stories for the show. <laughs> we figured there'd be wait. good stories for the show. So, I can't wait. Yeah. That's so awesome. We need to contribute here. You've been doing all the contributions. We went through your whole building process. Now we can go through ours. So. Yeah, you yeah, so so on my end I'm not building anything now, but I did buy a new car finally. I did got you? my new car. What'd you get? I did. I got a Hyundai Tucson. It's like a smaller SUV and it's so nice. I love it. And just because you know when you buy horses, I always tell clients when they 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 want to buy a horse, they come up to me and they say, Okay, so I really want a gray horse with like some dapples or I want a chestnut with like four white socks. And I always say we don't shop for color. We shop for the right horse. It just doesn't matter what color it is. I shopped for color. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this blue. And what color is it? It's blue. I see. I'm looking at the exact one you bought now. I just looked it up and I I see the color blue. I like it. You could fit a bale or two of hay back there. I know, right? And um, let me tell you this, that uh, the windshield wipers, like, work. It's weird. <laughs> and then I put it in a gear and it drives. Oh, and the parking and the brake, I don't works. have to, like, super jack up. And the air conditioning has been pretty consistent, <laughs> unlike my Beetle, which would go, I'll give you five minutes. That's it. <laughs> now, is this new or used? Because you, you were resisting getting new because of all the bells and whistles and automatic things they do. Well, th- this is not the hot. The cr- like, There's different versions of the Hyundais, which can you can go crazy with all the stuff. So this is the lower end of technology as far, but the, okay. the, the car works. Um, okay, and it's yeah. not a super huge engine. It's not crazy fast, but you know what? It is actually cheaper in the long run to buy a new car than a used car. The used car market is it insane is right now. I, I saw an and article on it the other day explaining why that still is, and nobody can quite figure it out. It's crazy. And so if you buy a new car, which I, I'm 45 years old, and I just got my first ever new car. Never have I ever had a new car. Um, and it's because the warranty, the warranty is 100,000 miles for the powertrain of 50,000 miles for other things. 20, it was crazy. 
And so I was like, it just makes sense to to get a new one. And there's no miles on it and all the warranties. So I'm pretty excited. And it's it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, other side note, I just can't put a dog in there for a minute. I got to keep it at least smelling relatively <laughs> I new. was going to take bets on how long it'll be before uh, before a drink is spilled or hay is put in the back. Well, I will tell you this because my husband is the like Uber car guy. Like he cleans the cars, he gets crazy about them, and it's a brand new car. And so we took it to the airport. Um, and we had to leave pretty early in the morning and we drove to the airport and I had to sit. And there was like inclement weather all week long while we were gone in Mexico. And I come back and, and it was hot. Oh, dear God. It was like a hundred and something degrees. Well, thanks, honey. He left his coffee cup in my car and oh, like no. there was a little coffee and milk in the bottom. And now my new car smells like gross <laughs> coffee and it's his fault. It smells like rotten milk. <laughs> I got in the car and I was like, what happened to my new car smell? <laughs> That's gone once you get rotten milk smell in there. <laughs> and he was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm putting this on the list. <laughs> now, when you do put the hay in the back there the first time, you can say, remember the rotten milk? Remember that? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a hay in the back of the car kind of person, but I am a dog hair in the in the car kind of person. So <laughs> First lucky hair. That'll be going in there soon. Well, you know, I have to run. Um, We can't do a long post show today. I have to go get – everybody wish me luck. I have to go get my annual cancer exam, which basically means they're going to scan me from my neck down. It's a complete torso scan, which is good. Knowing you, they should start with the top of your head. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, So we're hoping that that all comes out clear. I'll I'll hear that in a week or so. I have an appointment. But uh, wish me luck with that, that the cancer has not returned. Fingers crossed. When do you close on the land? Yep. When when do you close on the land? Oh, it's going to be three or four weeks. I have to do a title search. I didn't tell you the one funny part of this whole story. This sounds like us. So, um, and I could, it's, we're in the post show, right? Yep. So yeah. the people who own the land currently uh, and have owned it for twenty five years um, are a man and a woman who used to be boyfriend girlfriend when they bought it. Now twenty five mm-hmm. years ago, they're not. So finding the one apparently was a bit of a problem, and they both had to agree to it because both names are on the title. So getting answers when we were negotiating back and forth has taken a while to track them both down. And we thought it would go one of two ways. Either they would agree to our ultra-low offer and want to get rid of each other finally after all these years, or one of them was going to be a jerk. And apparently one of them was a jerk because we went back and forth. Always one. And I'm guessing it was the girlfriend. Man, I wonder if, why would you say because that? Because I'm just guessing. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm guessing that that was the case from what we understood. <laughs> She's like, I'm getting every penny out of this I can. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that is crazy. So I don't know what how closing it, idea. I said, how's closing going to be? We have to do a title search. I said, we're doing a title search because Lord knows what one or the other did to the loans or liens on the property, right? So um, I wonder if they both remember they even had it, or did they have to contact the the girl and be like, mm, "By the way, you own land." I, oh, but you're probably trouble tracking her down. She had to have agreed to put it up for sale because she's her name's on the title. But I said are, they also live way far away, and I said, "Do we have to be in person?" Because I don't really want to be in the middle of those two at closing. And I said, no. "Oh no, we'll do this all. It's just land, so we do it. We do it by uh, computer now." But thank God. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's awesome. So we'll have some fun stories for you coming up. We're going to do a video of our trees so you all can see what we bought uh, here very shortly. I'll post it in the auditor room. Thanks, everybody. See you. Congratulations. And good luck today. Thank you. Thinking positive thoughts. Boys and girls, we're done here. Now go ride your horse.